Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Believe in Vikings. This is B Mac and Baker. I am Dustin Baker. I'm here with Brian McKinney. Tonight we will chat with the usual panel: Sal Spice, Ron Soft, Mead and Prairie. It's been a momentous week for the Vikings. Vikings because the team finalized, at least for now, its 53 man roster. Made a couple trades, got rid of some couple dudes that were rather surprising. As they tunnel less than. Two weeks from the regular season, about a week and a half now until Packers Vikings week one at U.S. Bank Stadium. So we're going to go over all the roster stuff in preparation for week one. However, first, we're going to talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all of your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, NFL, NBA, NHL, combat sports, esports, and even golf. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BLEAV50, 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 to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline. Where the game starts. We are one day mere hours away from September, and that is when the Viking season kicks off. Accordingly, roster cuts took place Tuesday, shaved about 26, 27 players off the roster. And it was kind of a strange event because I don't know why I expected there to just be a list that was published. But it was like player by player. It was trickled out. So it was an all day affair, at least for people that listen to this show as, you know, each guy was like a brand new bit of news. Uh, Sally, you were off last week when we had Luke, and we talked about some of these topics, but I want to know which which bit of Vikings information took you by surprise the most yesterday. Yesterday? Or today. That works, too. Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I guess just in general how many um, Rixfield picks are no longer on the roster was pretty surprising, just the abundance of them. And now I guess we have even one less today. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so that was pretty surprising. I was a little bummed for you guys that you're not going to get your Wyatt Davis scoop unless Rick Spielman <laughs> ends up coming out with a TikTok and filling you guys in, which I hope he does. Um, I'm really surprised Sean Mannion cleared waivers today or didn't clear waivers, excuse yeah. me, and that Seattle picked him up because I thought for sure they were just <laughs> chomping at the bit to put him on the practice squad. Um, I don't know. And then obviously there's trade today, but I guess we can talk about that in a little bit. No, that's that one. I, I would nominate after, not after, but in addition to Watts's release, I think that Rager thing started as this rumor from a Philadelphia podcast that actually was credible. And yesterday there were people that were saying that, no, this, this outfit knows its stuff. And it didn't catch on like wildfire, but I wrote about it. Cause I trusted it. And then, oh, you did. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. I got lucky there. Cause I sourced it. This, it was called let's go to the phones podcast. And I figured out if they knew their stuff and indeed it happened Um, out of the blue. We now have another wide receiver. Um, Ron did that trade 
mean, it was either kind of yesterday it was Tyler Johnson. Can he make it all the way there? Uh, then it came up with the Rager stuff. And indeed, it was Rager for a conditional fourth. And was it a seventh? What say you? Yeah, so um, well, t- you touched on Tyler Johnson. So I'm very much the one of us angle. Like, you know, I love the hometown kid as much <laughs> as anybody. But the the clamoring for Tyler Johnson, like, it just amazed me. It's not like he's you know, the Tyler Johnson coming out of the U of M, like, you know, looked like the like, great prospect, whatever. Like it's a guy who was, couldn't make it on Tampa, like, or, you know, obviously they brought in veterans, but now you're asked, you're saying that he's going to be better than the guys who are on the roster who have been in camp and everything, learning the offense that he's going to come in and be better than, you know, whether it was Smith Marset or Jalen Naylor, like just that that stuff was I was finding hilarious. So, um, but to the <clears throat> Jalen Rieger thing, um, I absolutely love the deal um, because I was a big fan of his coming out of college. Um, you know, he's a uh, you know his shiftiness, obviously being a punt returner like that is something that we need. Um, now, obviously, he hasn't lived up to the expectations of being a first round pick, let alone being taken ahead of Justin Jefferson. Um, but you know, Jefferson, I saw in an interview he did. Um, this off season talking about it's not fair to compare Rieger to him and being Jefferson. Um, and I think being in Philly doesn't help, you know, if you fail in Philly, um, it's just like New York, they're going to let you hear about it. So just, I'm not saying he's going to have a Chris Carter like revival here, but coming in, being the wide receiver for being a punt returner, um, he just gives another layer to the offense. So it's a low risk, um, high reward type, um, type, pickup and i'm a big fan of it just like um blacklock while the watts part that does surprise me because he was a starter like what are they saving this money for i don't know uh but i'm a big fan of blacklock um now obviously going to houston wasn't the best thing for him but um at tcu he was a guy that prototypical three four defensive end um with his size and he's he could be a good three technique pass rusher on the inside. So um, under the right coaching, I mean, I really wish that we had Andre Patterson here to, <laughs> to see that through um, because Patterson gets the best out of everyone. But uh, um, I mean, it's interesting to see all these moves being made, you know, on the eve of the season. So we'll see how it works out. Um, none of these guys have played together, um, including really our offense with this new offensive uh, philosophy. So, um, I'm hoping that they got all the kings worked out in practice because coming out of the gates week one against the Packers, oh, yeah. you can't gigantic you can't gigantic mystery because yep. they, they they chose two quarterbacks who aren't even on the team anymore to guide the entire preseason on offense. Right, I know it was by design. And I'm not complaining, right. but it was awful football to watch. And you know, I right. had to sit down and get invested because it's it's a career for me now. But oh, anytime right. Mannion got on the field, I was like, why <sighs> does this keep happening to us? <laughs> Bryant is uh, so yesterday. All of the NFL's rosters trimmed from 80 to 53 players. Generally speaking, uh, I know that you weren't usually on the outside looking in, but is that a sad day? Like just because you know your teammates are heading yonder? Or remember before I told you, I never um, got to know too many of the new guys during training camp <laughs> because of that. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to invest uh, any energy into it. I like got to know them, but I didn't like like you know like. Oh, let's hang out. Type of get to know them. It was like, oh, hey, like I see you at work, but yeah, it, it was like certain guys who I knew, like um, you know, who I knew for sure. Like, oh, I know they're going to make it. Like, you know what I mean? I would get to know them, but like to get to know all those people and then they leave, it's like it's just too much. 
But um, it is it is kind of a sad day because sometimes there's always somebody in there that you felt personally like, how did you let him go? Like, you know what I mean? And I know there's going through some people's mind probably today, like you watch them practice, you watch them play and still somehow they get released. And it's like, how did that happen? And that, that's happened a couple of times for me. So when that happens, when you have a, you know, a performer that you're like, oh, my God, that guy got cut. Do you do you bitch about it or you just say, oh, man, whatever? There's really nothing I can say. Like, yeah. uh, you know, it's, it is what it is or they must have something in the works or something. So no, there's nothing I really can say um, about that when it happens. So and you just kind of got to go with it. By the way, Serena just won. She beat number two. Yeah, I saw that. Five, five, two final set. Yeah. Yeah, I think the oh, way wow. I think the way that. Uh, kind of was setting up for Serena. It seemed like perhaps people thought this was the last stop because you know Tiger was there, and I don't know. Just the vibe that I got from Twitter and Facebook was that well, it, was, it was setting it up like this is probably the last match, and then boom, it's not. <laughs> that's well, the thing. Did you guys it's see that? Crazy. You keep going, cool. every time she steps on court could possibly be the last time she steps <laughs> yeah. on court. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. Every time. He goes out there, you're like, like, what's going to happen? And then you just face number two. So, you know, her face is number two, even though we know what she's capable of. You haven't played, you know, in a while. You know, this this person is number two for a reason. They've been consistent. And um, it just kind of shows you that how pretty good she still really is. In the competitiveness. She's got that Georgian fire. fire, I just know she just wants to go out. With winning, you know, getting to a certain, you know, round, even the finals if she could. But like, even that first round, I was like, oh, I, like I hope this, <laughs> I hope this just don't go out in the first round. Like, <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> and it's I feel so like, cool yeah, I think she felt like that too when she got past it. She was like, kind of happy, like, woo, like, <laughs> hey. And then you know, now you the next round you're facing the number two overall seed. It's like. Mm-hmm. You That's know, cool. she's ranked, she was ranked 605, you know, <laughs> haven't played in over a year. So you now are facing all the top people first. It was cool. It's cool to see her, uh, like, or especially all the photos, like, from back, you know, in 2001 or whatever with her dad and then now with her daughter. Um, right. And then, I don't know. So, again, keeping on our Serena Williams fan line here, this was just uh, the coolest stat. Like, so August 29, 2001, Serena won it, the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hit a home run. Glad Guerrero Sr., Craig Vigio, and Dante Bichette all recorded a hit August 29th of 2022, so 20, 21 years later. Serena won at the U.S. Open. Albert Pujols hit a home run. Glad Guerrero Jr., Kevin Vigio, and Bo Bichette all recorded a hit. So, wow. yeah, Serena wow. and Pujols doing the exact same thing that they did 21 years later. And then the three kids of, of Hall of Famers, essentially, um, you know, all getting a hit in the same night. Was, when I saw that, it was just, you know. On, amazing on Serena, it, you kind of start to pivot to the heart of a champion type of talks. Like mm-hmm. that's she's probably going to ride that momentum, and I'm here to report: if she can beat the number two, then she can beat anybody. Absolutely, it's it's yeah, not like she knocked off the two. number. If she knocked off the twelve seed, I'd be like, good for her. She still had right. some of the tank, but it's it's not you know a laughing matter to knock off the number two seed in the U.S. Open. So not that she'll now, be all of a sudden the favorite, but she should be able to get to the damn final but now every opponent from here on out like there was always that stigma of her aura of being serena williams now she just knocked off number two and that's even that's even a greater ghost <laughs> yeah. going up against yeah. on the other side so yeah well that's it's it's remarkable how i mean especially at her age and then just to dig down and be the 600 to fifth seat or whatever bryant said she was to you know 
beat them. Serena, Serena Williams, be damned. Whoever is a 605 seed beating a two seed is a breaking <laughs> news story. Right. So, right. Yeah. All right. On uh, Armin Watts, back to the Vikings part. So that one was flabbergasting because in Michael Pierce's stead last year, Watts did enough as a consistent starting defensive tackle, especially when players like Eric Kendricks to the back of him had a down year. So anytime Watts was on the field, I know I was, and I think most Vikings fans were like, all right, no, this guy can play. So this year was supposed to be kind of like his sequel or at least a prove it situation because he's only been in the league since 2019. And then then he was cut yesterday, and I, it was under the guise of clearing cap space for something more. And it's like the dude's on a rookie deal. Like, I know you're clearing cap space, but when you say it like that, it sounds like he was about to make eight million or something. But no, it was like two point mm-hmm. four that he would hit against the book. So I'm very curious to learn if they have Ross Blacklock Blacklock pegged as the starter. <laughs> Or if James Lynch is going to get his face in there, or if Adamic and Sue is indeed going to come play for this team, because it's very bizarre that the Vikings on their own damn depth chart listed Watts as the starter and then said, and didn't yeah. play him. Yeah. Like they p- treated him as a starter the whole whole preseason. And then they which, were like, well, nope, we don't need him. It, which the, the only thing I can think that would maybe justify it, but who knows if it'll come out or not. Maybe he just wasn't a scheme fit. Uh, maybe he's more, he's just a prototypical four, three defensive tackle and him transitioning to a three, four end wasn't going to work. Sure. Um, while he would have probably added value in nickel situations as a pa- interior pass rusher. Uh, maybe they just, and that's where the black lock part makes sense because he is kind of that more athletic defensive end um, it with a bigger body. Um, again, I've never played in the trenches, but, um, that's the only thing I can think of. And then to see him go on, uh, go to Chicago, yeah, who's transitioning away from a three, four defense <laughs> that kind of, uh, you know, maybe there's something to that. Yeah. And of course it had to be the bears. The only thing worse would be the Packers, but they don't need Darman Watts. They've already got a fabulous defensive line. So of course we get to see him twice per year. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's not quite, it'll as, be the new Akeem Hicks. Yeah, I was going to say it's not us. as Hicks daunting, but, uh, it's so like out of all 31 teams it had to be, go be the bears. But by that point though, if, if that is the case, why didn't he get any playing time? Right? Like if he yeah. was having trouble adjusting to the right. new then why didn't he get any playing time? Right. It's, it's really mysterious. Why treat him like the starter and then, right. you know, then dump him? It's yeah, also not a foregone conclusion he'll start in Chicago. He's He's got right. to oust Justin Jones and Angelo Blackson, and he's not even uh, – Watts isn't listed as a starter as of right now. But, you know, he just got there, so we shall see. So it's not necessarily Daniel Carlson doomsday, you know, where the guys <laughs> take off. But it's, it's just annoying that he had to go to the Bears, especially for somebody we all kind of liked. We were, you know, this guy's an up-and-comer. But Sally on Amir Smith-Marset, that one also mm-hmm. fell out of the sky because why not cut, like, Luigi Villain or, you know, somebody that is can just go legitimately live on the practice squad. Instead, you know, everybody had high hopes for Smith-Marset. Uh, they're going with Naylor instead, or that seems to be what it feels like. Yeah, that was that was surprising to me as well. Um, I mean, even with the trade, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, whatever with the trade, it's it's high, it's low risk, right? So, you know, a seventh round pick and and see what you have. But I've seen so many people say that well, it's because of um, what he can contribute to the punt game. And it's like, well, the guy muffed two punts in the playoffs. Like, it's not like that's a foregone conclusion that he's going to be some uh-huh. substantial upgrade. Uh, but yeah, it, w- it was really surprising. I think that we've all enjoyed watching Smith Marset, and 
you know, for a fifth round pick, he's been, you know, decent. Mm-hmm. He's not Stefan Diggs, but who is? So I, I really don't know. It was really surprising to be. Yeah, it was. I couldn't believe it because you would think out of out of the guys who are at the bottom, like if they have power rankings of the depth chart, the number 50, 51, 52, 53, I, you wouldn't think it would be Smith Marset. No. And, I mean, for God's sake, like he's only one in of those second linemen. Yeah, yeah. He's only like in his second year. or something. Yeah. So My, anything that happens to him, I don't I don't think he'll get back to the Vikings practice squad by this time tomorrow. I wonder if that's just the uh like kind of like Sally brought up uh, the getting rid of the last draft class, you know, mm-hmm. like basically we're if if you haven't shown enough that can show that you're going to be a valuable addition to this team, we're just going to cut ties um and you know, especially when it comes to Naylor versus um Smith Marset, it's Naylor's this Group's guy, his guy, that not Zimmer's or not Spielman. So uh, maybe that's something weird, to do with it. That but. would be a weird power trippy thing to do, though, for someone who talks about culture so much. So it I really be. hope that that's not anything to do with it. Right. Um, but it is it is strange. Yes. I think that there is like an inherent fondness of the dudes that you pluck out not because the other guys you think are garbage or poop it's just that you know no no, i've drafted daylor because i want him to blossom into this um no that's human nature for sure but i mean like you said there's other people that could have been cut on the team yeah oh certainly over him it's also a lesson sorry did jalen neller did he make it yeah he did yep the wr i guess it would be considered five right now so who's four Probably Naylor, or excuse me, oh, probably Rieger. Uh, Rieger. Oh, I'm sorry. I had the two R's mixed up. Sorry. Yep. Yeah. And then Chisena was on a path to make it, but I think this this Rieger move was why that got kind of overturned at the last minute. Um, and then I, I think it's just a cautionary tale for us on this show and fans that, you know, perhaps we overvalue these dudes just because we, you know, we look at them and we're like, oh, God, he could be so good. But that doesn't always necessarily translate to what's happening behind behind the doors and Egan, especially with our next topic, which is Kellen Mond. Uh, so Ron Kellen Mond was outright waived yesterday along with his pal, Sean Mannion. Both of them were trending towards perhaps practice squad stints, but note we already touched on Mannion going to Seattle. Thank God. But uh, Mond found his way to Cleveland, which is where Quasi Adapa Mensa last worked and Kevin Stefanski worked. So do you think that they're just going to stash him as a true blue raw developmental dude? Or can he back up Brissett in the next couple months? Well, I mean, it's an interesting play for a team that has a quarterback suspended for 11 games because then, you know, they can't put him onto the practice squad because, isn't it, if you claim them, they have to be active. Um, yeah. So, and is he the third quarter? Or no, because they, they cut Josh Rosen. So No, Josh Dobbs uh, is the QB. Or jo- okay, mm-hmm. so the rocket scientist. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, so – you know, they're keeping three quarterbacks and good for them, I guess. Um, I don't Wait, know. Like, can can you explain that he has to be active if you pick him up on waivers? If you claim someone on the way, I believe that if you claim someone off the waivers, they have to be active. They can't, how, or not, how they, they don't have to be active, but they have to be on the active 53. Um, or they have to be on the, they can't, you can't pick them to put them on the practice squad. To oh. my knowledge. Um, unless but for what, waivers. the whole season or one game or what? I that I no, don't I, know. I, oh. I can Google it while oh, we're chatting long, here. But I oh, think okay. I, I didn't realize that. I think that's the safeguard because otherwise it's like the first team on the waiver wire would be like, I was like, oh fuck yeah, I'm gonna take this guy and put him on the practice squad. And then oh, they would they would get someone everybody. else. 
from yeah, getting right. them to. So yeah, I think yeah, the, yeah. the oomph that's added into the decision making is that if you take Mond, he has to be on your active roster or you release him. I don't think he can play hopscotch okay. between practice squads. I'll look it up unless it's chained, changed. But now you can have 16 dudes on the practice squad. So yeah. I think and six of them point, can be yep. veterans that not time or, you know, it's not a second year guy or whatever. Okay, that but, makes sense. I mean, good for Mond, like for landing somewhere. Um, you know, he seems like a good kid. Um, he's just raw. He needs time to develop. Um, and but you know, if any team has him taking snaps, they're probably not in a good situation for this year. Um, same with Mannion. Um, <laughs> but hey, if, if the Seattle wants him, have at it. Yeah, it closes the book on Mannion. There should be no good reason why he comes back. Um, but for Mond, it's it's it was 16 months that he lasted here. And we went through all of the the, the mini M-I-N-I ups and downs with him, thinking, oh, he's he's made some good strides. He looks this. He did this against the Raiders. Zimmer didn't like him. O- O'Connell does. He's going to win QB2. Oh, my God, please don't be QB2. Trade for a new quarter. And it was just this this roller coaster inside uh, only almost a year and a half for a dude that didn't pan out. And, you know, if he would have been brought back on the practice squad and they and we were the team to attempt to develop him, I would, would have been all for that. But you trade for Nick Mullins. Like, you have your backup. Yeah. You're fine. Um, at least Nick Mullins gives you an opportunity if anything happens to Kirk that, you know, it's you're not going to be irrelevant. It's not Sean Hill back there. Like, you have someone who yeah. can play a little bit. So, um, and that's all you need. You only need two quarterbacks. Like, I was ecstatic when I saw that. They didn't keep the third one because you could pick up any. You could pick up Josh Rosen if you want, and he could he'll make his way around through all thirty-two teams at some point. So, <laughs> yeah the the practice squad rule is correct. If you're going to, if the Vikings want somebody on the practice squad tomorrow morning, that guy has to go on the fifty-three man roster. He can't just be stashed for a whole year on the practice squad. It keeps the process fluid and fair. Makes sense. Yeah. Well, you guys know I'm a little bit of a Mondiac, at least I was. So, um, you know, I'm I'm kind of bummed that it didn't work out. I understand why it didn't. It it was disappointing after watching the first preseason game um, to see how he came out against the 49ers in week two. And he never really bounced back from that. So I understand. I know that we always knew he was a project, but. To be drafted in the third round when you don't have a second round pick, I feel like it just makes it a little bit more disappointing, obviously. And there's guys that were drafted behind him that are developing at a much faster rate. So I wish him well. I hope he does end up succeeding. And um, I hope that he can find good seafood in Cleveland. (laughs) (laughs) I should have knew that that was going to come up. That's excellent. (laughs) Speaking speaking of uh, things that make me smile. Uh, tell us about you being on the promotion thing for the season ticket package. I know. Okay. So I got an email from the Vikings yeah, yesterday or the day before. I don't remember. And it said, um, are you ready to be the face of the Vikings was the subject. <laughs> and then the contents of the email was like, hey, um, hey, Sally, this just came across my desk. Uh, just want to make sure you're okay with with us running this. Um, and everyone in your crew. And I was like, are you kidding me? Yeah. So they um, took some pictures of us at the Vikings tailgate 
um, photographer or one of the Vikings photographers took of us in the tailgate lot, which I forgot all about from <laughs> last year and turned it into their ad for the nine game ticket package. So very cool. Um, and I was like, yeah, of course I'm good with that. And she's like, okay, look for it on Instagram. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah. It's a great cool. photo too. It is a great photo. Yeah. I didn't realize, well, it doesn't matter, but they're just using it as sponsored ads right now. Okay. So that's why you, I can't share it because you can't share <laughs> sponsored ads. Yeah. So that's kind of annoying, but yeah, really cool. And I'm excited to see if they use anything else. Cause I mean, she said the face of the Vikings. Oh so, yeah. I mean, yeah. that was kind of <laughs> dramatic for just like one group pick, <laughs> but yeah, very cool. It is. I'll see. <clears throat> yeah, it's very cool to think about, like, in hindsight, like, how, I don't know, just how much my life has changed just because all of this stuff, you know? So, yeah, you've yes, it's just a picture, but it's like, I would have never guessed that the Vikings had my email address. Are you <laughs> kidding me? Yeah. Like, I don't know. Well, it's one of those things back at, was it uh, 2013, 2014, when you were weighing, even coming here in the first place? And, you know, if you could be... Yeah. A time machine says, "Well, hey, if you do, you'll be on. You'll <laughs> be the po- the poster child for season tickets. You would fall out of your chair." Oh, I couldn't. I would never believe it in a million years. And obviously, just to be on here with you guys and Bryant and talk to Randy Moss and all of this stuff, like I would n- never in a million years, you know, ever think that any of that stuff would be possible. So, oh it definitely was a great decision. If, if college me, like if if you go back to college me and said that in whatever tw- almost twenty years you're going to be on a regular podcast with you know, one of your favorite players on the team like that. Yeah. That, that would have been baffling to me. Yeah. <laughs> when they approached me to line up with Bryant two years ago now, we've been doing this for two years. I thought, I thought I was being pranked because <laughs> you know, McKinney was always so awesome. And then I remember, I remember doing the first zoom call with him, and I was like, I felt like it was Christmas. Like I was like, I get to meet this guy on zoom. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it was Speaking awesome. Speaking of BMAC, um, I saw your, you got another, a new event you're hosting. <laughs> Tuesdays. Well, no, that was just a one. That was just a one. That was last Tuesday. (laughs) Yeah, that was just yesterday. Or yesterday. Okay, I gotta admit though, when I saw when that came across my Instagram feed, I read it and it said, "You guys know I don't normally go out on weeknights." (laughs) (laughs) I don't. If I'm hanging out, it's normally gonna be Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I was laughing I so hard. I mean, week. maybe since America's Got Talent, you haven't been going on on weekdays, but... <laughs> no, I really don't go out on the weekdays. <laughs> Sir, you have came in from a party to do this podcast in a car because you're... <laughs> no, that was filming. Loving hip-hop. hip-hop Miami, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. That distinguishes it. <laughs> anyway, that just made me laugh. Oh, I, yeah. I don't go out on weeknights. Did you, did you go to this one? Remember when you had the, the Wet Pussy Wednesday party? You didn't even go. <laughs> I didn't go to that. <laughs> Oh uh, yeah, you didn't show up. I did. Oh, no, I a weekday. I told you I really like going out, but I remember uh, the. the I was crazy to be here last night, so I went. In. The quote was, uh, "Was well, how was it?" And he goes, "I didn't go." Sally goes, "You didn't go." <laughs> I didn't. Couldn't get him out the house on a weeknight for Wet Pussy Wednesday. Right. Mm. That was a friend asked me to host, and I didn't really pay attention to what it said, and I just posted. Yeah. I didn't go. <laughs> was a little scrappy. That, like I said, that was one of those. That, that, that literally that takes yeah, me back. Yeah, he's a friend of mine too. So yeah. hosting alongside of him was cool. You know, yeah. to hang out. Um, do you have any America's Got Talent updates or no? Yeah, they basically have us uh pretty much on standby for the most part. Um, we got to start taking our COVID test Friday. 
I don't understand the purpose of this, but we got to take coaches Friday, <laughs> Sunday, and Tuesday. Huh. Why Friday? Just take a Sunday and Tuesday because I understand yeah, the correct. Tuesday test doesn't, you know, won't get back in time until we land or something. But like, why Friday? Really, just Sunday and Tuesday because the Sunday test will come back by the time we have to travel, and then Tuesday, you know, we'll get there when we get there, and then we still got to take another one when you when you land. Um, they picked a song for us to do. I can't say, I guess, what it is yet. Um, and the judges picked, or you guys picked? Um, the show told us what song was cleared, and then we we decided what song we were going to use. They sent the um audio track for us to start listening to it and hearing it. Um, so I guess we have to be ready. Okay, if America, America has the vote too. So, um, next oh, Tuesday yeah. is the final. Um round of the semifinals and then Wednesday, I guess Wednesday night when the results come out, they'll say who the um wild card guests are. The wild card people is four of us. And um then America has to vote for one. Oh really? So, so you guys need everybody to vote. Are you, you back prefer- are you back in this no matter what? Like you sing again or we have to vote in order for, for you to sing again? Once it once we're selected as a wild card, it'll be four each judge gets to pick one person. Okay. We're hoping that um Simon picks us. And then from there, uh, America has to vote for one out of the four. Okay. And then that's when you can vote up to 10 times from one email or device or however it goes. Just mm-hmm. try to get as many votes as we can get in. So, yeah, basically, this time next week, I'll be on here saying, listen, yes, <laughs> next Wednesday. Like, letting everybody know to vote, you know, because the voting ends at like 7 a.m. Eastern on Thursday morning. It's like weird times, though, but yeah. So, like, soon we get off here, we'll all have to go vote. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Are you pretty confident that you'll be nominated by one of the judges as a wild card? Uh, we're hoping. Okay. Uh, that's, we've been trying to pay attention to see who else that we know Simon likes, because we feel like he's the one who really likes us. Mm-hmm. So he may be the one who nominates us. Um, and we're just trying to see what other acts, like, you look, we look at it and say, hey, they got eliminated. They were good. Like, so possibly come back. But I feel like we have a good chance. Um, I think overall, people feel like we have a good chance to come back as a, um, yeah. a wild card yeah. to get nominated. All right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I was going to say, Bryant, you, are you going to make sure you come for Jared Allen's, um, oh my gosh, Ring of Honor? When is that? October 30th. It's a okay, Cardinals game. Sure. Wes will be at that game too, Sally. Ooh, Wes. Yeah, I don't know our, if I will be. One but of our friends. I hope so. You're not. Well, oh, October 30th. I have a, a charity event that day. Oh, tennis. I know. Um, I have it on the 29th and the 30th. Okay. Um, not not in Minneapolis, they take it? No, it's actually here in South Florida. I have the dinner on the 29th, and then I have the tennis tournament on the 30th yeah then you then you won't be there <clears throat> that's uh no regular yeah. old noon game and you're gonna be in I miami on the, for the vikings game right oh well, going to that game I'm, I'm going for sure yeah okay go- i don't know if i told you ron <clears throat> yeah i think i did we're officially gonna do that one okay yeah, so dustin's coming down yeah we're, right. uh the the london stuff never came down in price i couldn't find any connections yes. for lodging <laughs> it's just poofed so now like well, kids yeah. have passports and we'll just have to cruise up to Canada or something to make them worthwhile. We haven't booked our B-Mac, tickets yet. Are you still but. doing that London thing? The London trip, yeah, for EG, EGT. Yeah, so we're still pushing that and people are still booking 
um, as of today, one of my friends called me trying to book. So, yeah, still scheduled to go out there on the 28th to October 3rd. Oh, so we'll have to connect in Miami and uh, um, so Ron, you're coming down too? Yeah, yeah. Me, oh, me okay. and my wife and then I have some of my other friends, but they're gonna spend the Saturday in Marco Island and then come up for the game on Sunday. So okay. but Dustin will have to tailgate. Brian, mm-hmm. you like, you probably know all the spots, so we'll uh <laughs> we'll <laughs> <laughs> Sally, are you doing Miami or no officially? Um, I don't so now I might because so I'm having I'm having foot surgery on oh, yeah. October 19th. So I don't think I can go to Buffalo anymore, which is oh. really depressing so that I won't have an away game then. So I guess Miami would have to be it because we're, I'm not going go to be there. I'm not going <laughs> right, go to go to the we'll New York Jet or, uh, so I don't know. And you get some nice weather. It'd be humid still. <laughs> you know what we were talking about? Yeah, t- so I should go, but. About 10 minutes ago, Brian, we were talking about general managers keeping their guys and no loyalties to the existing or previous regime. Did you ever see that as a coach or or from general managers? Like they seem when they first get there more loyal to the guys they just brought in, or is that kind of a myth? Uh, I definitely think that they're more loyal to the guys that they, they bring in because they're more comfortable with them. And not know, necessarily their coaches, the players. Who the general managers? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, because we saw like a draft class by the from the Vikings from 2021 basically yeah. erased. erased. I, I, I think so because they are the people that they brought in. So they want to like kind of make a point that they brought in like some good people, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and with somebody else, is like, and especially if somebody else, they feel like somebody else's situation wasn't working, they're okay with getting rid of them and replacing them with their guys, their people. Mm hmm. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, like Sally said, that's pretty inherent human nature. Uh, it just was on like wildfire, wildfire the last two days with uh, the Vikings and their draft class from last year it was like just down the line. Dude. Yeah. Who is left? Cam Bynum and Dantzler? Well, th- thankfully, the guy, no, the guys that are left are Derisaw, Bynum. Or sorry, I meant Derisaw. Why yep. did I say that? Kenne, Iwango, and mean- Patrick Jones. So, I mean, it's not, it's not like Rick's draft class was atrocious. I mean, Derisaw alone. It could have been if Darisaw wasn't there. Think about that, that <laughs> yeah. trade down. What if you end? What if you end up with Alex Leatherwood who got cut? Like, I mean, like, I, the, like the more and you know, like I was championing for Darisaw, like right after, like right when draft season started. That's who I wanted at fourteen. And when they traded back, it's like, oh, they're not going to get him. And then they luckily did. But now that trade was you trade back nine spots for Darisaw. Because Wyatt Davis and Kalamon were the other two picks. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> like, absolutely nothing on that. But uh, um, who knows? Like, maybe like Zimmer had something right and why they weren't playing. Like, because obviously this um, regime saw the same thing. So, yeah. Um, wish them nothing but the best. But uh, there just was something about it that didn't, didn't translate. Has Rick commented yet? <laughs> Oh, I'm sure he will either write about it on 33rd team. Um, but no, I haven't seen. He comments on everything else. Uh, That's he, what I'm saying. I yeah, can't believe he's waited this long. He talked about, I don't know if we talked about this last week. Daniel Daniel Carlson is the biggest regret, he said, of his career, cutting him too early. And he said he did that. So all this stuff about us thinking Zimmer kicked his ass out of town might have been a little misleading. Um, unless they just got together in a room and said, we're doing this. But uh, he took onus for it. Yeah, that was, I liked that he did that. Yeah, and then uh, somebody asked him about Alexander Madison, or somebody asked him about trades in the NFL, and he said, well, yeah, they should trade Madison to the Eagles or something like that. <laughs> I was like, all right. 
Yeah. That, do you think that that still might be a possibility? Well, they wanted a third or a fourth for him because that's what they get when he leaves in free agency next year. And nobody's going to give a third for an RB2. No. Yeah. I mean, we might as well keep him and then get our own co- compensatory. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so yeah, that was you can the, never have too much depth at that position. You yeah. know, it's we've we've been we've been at times when we nothing against Matt Asiata, but when he was our feedback <laughs> for um Ding. for times. So yeah. Oh yeah, we've um, been we've been blessed for almost twenty years with good running backs. There's never been really a lull. Can't say yeah. the same for the other position. Oh, well, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you got to give us a win-loss prediction. Right now? Yeah, we asked Luke, and Luke, you would have been so proud of Luke Braun. He said 7 and 10. No, he didn't. With it trending yeah, upwards did. to end the yeah, season. Actually, it was funny. He no. was like, he's like, you know what? I, I kind of like that. I kind of like what they're going trending upward. I'd say 7 and 10. And I was like, what? <laughs> Excuse me? But last wow. year, you nailed it. Within, within a game, I think you nailed it. So we kind of got to put you on. on well, what spot. did you guys say? Oh, I settled that same thing as last year, so I'm just this Rube uh, 11 and oh. 6. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. See, I haven't settled on a number yet. I thought it's we were of the do schedule that leading up to, to next week. Oh, well, if you guys want to keep it, I've already broadcast that all over the world, my <laughs> prediction. So you guys can sit on yours for a week. And I, I think Sally does that by the way that she's smirking right now. Well, I mean, I, I know I came to a conclusion what I thought mine was a couple weeks ago, but I haven't really evaluated it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I know that that much important has changed, but yeah. If if Luke said that, now I'm feeling like maybe I'm being a homer. Oh yeah, and he said so. with a big smile on his face too, as if it was a good thing. And I was like, well, what the hell's going on here? <laughs> All right, well, you yeah, guys, I, I want to give mine next week. Yeah, Ron, you can sit on it too. Mine's out there in because the open. what if like you know. It, Aaron Rodgers could like get hurt next week or something, and then I would be approved by at least one win. Yeah. Well, we always beat them one time anyway. So, well, once, not twice. Yeah. Well, when was the last time we beat them? Twice, 2017. And that was because Rodgers wasn't there for the Christmas Eve game. Yes. But I'm saying he he could get something could happen. You never know. I hear you. All right. So they're going to sit on their win-loss predictions, which is fair for one more week. Because I can't brag about it. It's very important for me to be right at the yeah. end of the year. So oh, yeah. you know, I, I, it means I, I a get, lot to me. I gave you a lot of shit last year when you dropped eight and nine or whatever it was on us. I was like, oh, really? Mrs. Positivity. <laughs> <laughs> I know. What? Yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, what about uh, let's let's wrap up here. The guys that did make it that were homegrown were kind of surprising. Luigi Villane, it is not villain. I've been calling him that for four months. On the way up to the preseason game, I heard Pete Burchess call him Luigi Villane, so that apparently that's his name. Uh, however you say the Gophers, Asazi, I'm, I'm like you, Ron, I don't want to chop it up. And then Vidarian Lowe, they were loyal to Jonathan Bullard. He was a free agent. All of those guys, those three of them were from the uh, 2022 draft. Uh, Sands, Nick Muse, who's on the practice squad. Those guys made it, and we already talked about the the dudes that that left the house. I was surprised. Were you, Ron, that Luigi made it? You know, I was. Um, but it's it's one of those where he kind of reminds me of not stylistically or the way he plays, but kind of the way that Hercules Mataafa, like yeah. you know, made the team and kind of always both awesome and, names. Like right, <laughs> and it's so 
you, you love a story like that. An undrafted kid, um, you know, clearly he's got some athleticism off the edge. Um, and when you play 3-4, that's all you need. You just need a bunch of bodies out there that can either um, up front clog up the middle or, uh, you know, have some speed off the edge. So um, we'll see. I'm not predicting this in the sense that, like, I'm wishing ill will on him, but he may be that guy that you see go back and forth on the practice mm-hmm. squad and up throughout the year as uh, injuries happen, as <clears throat> players become available. Um, you know, I obviously they're probably looking at adding a center. Um, you know, it sounds like that's what they're talking about. So I would assume that would be an offensive lineman then that would be cut in that regard. But, um, you know, he, good for him for making the team. Hopefully he has, um, you know, you can see him uh, make some plays, but uh, I wouldn't expect a whole lot. Um, and if you have to expect a whole lot that means that smith or or hunter got hurt and uh we all hope that doesn't happen yeah he had a fumble recovery against niners and an interception Mm -hmm. against the broncos so i mean that's not for nothing it's it's not the end all but how it goes can we end on a super exciting topic i did not watch the last preseason game and i planned on it but then i saw the tweets and pretty much everyone told me not to watch it so Oh, you miss special teams, glorious. That's what I wanted to ask. That's what I wanted to talk about. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone's real excited about this punting game. Oh, yeah. And obviously, I I know I have a Greg Joseph. But yeah, what's up with the punter? Why is everyone so... Oh, well, yeah. Let let me... I'll take this one. It's because... So here's what happened. Jordan Berry was released, and he was supposed to be this god of a holder for Greg Joseph, who we're starting to gain trust back a little bit. So when they cut him, the NFL or the Vikings nation world was like, well, hey... He holds the kicks as if they hadn't thought through that, you know, Mr. Ryan Wright will have to do that as well. Like they maybe they forgot or something. Um, right. So we just kind of thought that Ryan Wright was this run of the mill puncher that was maybe an upgrade slightly over Barry. And then the son of a bitch gets in there and kicks a 71 yard punt like in the air. And, you know, wow. it, that one ended up being a touchback. But he also had one that was like the best punt I've ever seen in my life. Like it, it went, what was it? 50 something yards around. And then it just died. It like dead I think it was 60 something. Yeah, like, and then it just, yard perfect... line and just died. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So he, ha- he averaged 56.3 yards per punt for four punts. And then Greg Joseph stepped up to the plate and hit a 58 yarder, which I tweeted about would have been the longest field goal in Vikings history. If it was in the regular season or playoffs. So usually we're in this miserable anxiety riddled time with kickers and or punters. And if for one meaningless game, it was like, wow, <laughs> where did this come from? Now I will say it is Denver. Yeah. So yeah, the that's does, the other thing. But yeah, as long as that battery's working, but yeah, like you said, it's not like that. They're like, Oh shit, he's our holder too. <laughs> like they're, it's, it's not a surprise to them. So um, clearly, you know, the, the battery's got to work. Um, is he a lefty punter? Like, cause I, no, I, I, don't I think didn't so. pay attention to. Okay, he's just a big, a big boy. Oh yeah, did so. you see him, Sally? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. He's uh, <laughs> he's like a he's Derrick Henry stature, but he's not you know muscular. But he looks like like an offensive lineman's brother. Like, yeah, <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like he's gonna the thick boys. Yeah, he, he, and on top of it all, for the aesthetics, the visual, he was number sixty six. <laughs> yeah. It looks like it's like Bradbury's best friend. Um, so it would be great if he was able to keep that number for, yeah. uh, <laughs> but yeah, we all of a sudden had this newfound enthusiasm about special teams that we're all, we all know will be gone within a couple weeks, but at least we had that. So, yeah. all right, Bryant, any closing arguments before, before we depart for the evening? 
Uh, no. Uh, just next week, I know I'll be most likely asking you guys to vote for. <laughs> for yeah. <us. laughs> So yeah. will we talk to you Wednesday or you're going to be busy Wednesday? No, I'll, you'll be able to talk to me on Wednesday. Um, oh. I'll be on here in the show probably just ending like, you know, 20 minutes from now um, and get off and go straight to vote. <laughs> so we're doing all our campaigning on Wednesday. I just want to yeah. be prepared. All well, right. Yeah, that works. Too. Oh, yeah. into Thursday, right? Because they can vote for 12 hours. Uh-huh. Yeah, and that works because I, I can get the show published within an hour. So that'll work just fine. Okay, good. All right. Well, that's also all if right. you send like if you have like a promo that you're sending out, um, leave Dustin off of it because there's something with with um, sending the androids where it like crops it and makes it blurry. Gosh. So <laughs> we okay. we can get it to you another way, uh, uh, Dustin. But uh... <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay, guys. Good to see you. Yep. You guys have a all wonderful right. week. We'll talk to you all soon. All right. Bye. Goal, baby. See you. Have it's almost one. Libra season. Thank God. Bro. It is. We up next. <laughs>